You are approaching the financial red zone and retirement. Everyone needs a game plan. A perfect place to start? Coach Pete Deruda. For more information on retirement planning, go to PeteOnDemand.com. This is a wonderful resource as you prepare for your golden years, your retirement. Log on to PeteOnDemand.com. You will find a treasure trove of helpful information when it comes to planning for your retirement. PeteOnDemand.com. Any questions? PeteOnDemand.com. This week's episode of the Financial Safari is brought to you by Capital Financial Advisory Group, LLC, for all your retirement needs. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruda or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Well, hello everyone, it's Coach Pete. This week on the Financial Safari, we're going to talk about millionaire secrets. Matter of fact, we're going to a book called The Millionaire Teacher, The Nine Rules of Wealth You Should Have Learned in School. That and much more this week on the Financial Safari. Hi, this is Coach Pete, and if you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Financial Safari. Broadcasting from coast to coast, it's the Financial Safari with your host, Coach Pete Deruda. Coach Pete and his guests are some of the nation's top financial professionals. They make it their mission to guide investors through the treacherous jungle of the financial world, showing them how to grow, keep, and leave their money for their loved ones. Coach Pete is a frequent contributor to Fox Business Network, CNBC, The Wall Street Journal, and many other news outlets. They come to Coach Pete for their answers, and now so can you. So stick around and find out how to make it through the jungle of the financial world on The Financial Safari. Welcome into the Financial Safari. It's an honor to be here with best-selling author, Coach Pete Deruda. Also in studio with me is consumer advocates Dave Perkins and Morgan Patrick. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. You're doing good. Ready to dive into some content here. Coach, I like this. It sounds like we're going to have some fun learning uh, how to file taxes. Anything that, that 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 I didn't learn in high school? Well, I don't know, Thomas. I mean, <laughs> when you think about it, let's let's put ourselves back in a time machine, go back into the, oh, here we go, back into the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Set mine way got back. four guys in the car now. Let's go back there. That's a two-seater. I don't think we can fit everybody. Dave Perkins. Yes, Yes, sir. What did they teach you in high school about money? How to write a check. That's doing me a lot of good. Oh, really? Did you have a class on how to write a check? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. I didn't even have that. You didn't? (laughs) Think about it. The the many times you've been in line uh, in a store somewhere back in the day wanting to rush through and get maybe you out there buying a six-pack or some potato chips, something like (laughs) that. And in front of you was somebody who was buying a whole bunch of items, and then they decided to write a check. Oh, sure. Then they had to verify it, like two forms of ID. Remember all that stuff? It it took a long time to write a check. so, it did. So I don't know why you wasted your time to learn how to write a check. I wish I hadn't. I never use it. I do occasionally still get behind the check writer. Yeah. Well, there's still like, yeah. people are still writing checks. Thomas, what did you learn in school? I learned that x equals negative b plus or minus the oh, square gosh. root of b squared minus four ac over two a, and that's about it. And, what and I that? probably didn't even say that right. And what does that have to do with money? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> What about you, Morgan? Was there anything in school about money? I, I learned that I probably studied the wrong area. I was in journalism and communication. <laughs> uh-huh. and I needed to go into the uh, the business area. Well, the that econ. is, you're talking about college. Yeah. What about high school? 
high school. I just wanted to get through, play football, do a little swimming, and, yeah. uh, you know, obviously look for the future. You know, uh, when you talk about what you learned in school, I, I always think K through 12, because once you get to college, you learn from the school of hard knocks if sure. you're living alone. I learned more about money by having to balance my checkbook by looking at my bank account statement or looking at when I get, uh, when I use the, what do you call it, the ATM? ATM card, yeah. I, my balance would pop would pop out. And yeah. so I learned how to budget money because I had to have a certain amount of money to pay the bills back in the day at, in college. So that's that's where I got my original learning the first year, my, my first couple of weeks in school, yeah. in college. No doubt. Because back in the day, even though I like to think I was handling my own money in high school, <laughs> my parents were paying for oh, the roof over my head. Sure. And mom always had dinner on the table. So I, I wasn't the big shot I thought I was. No, college was <laughs> the first time I had my first <laughs> yeah. uh, rental contract. And so you See, have you to go. go through that whole process. Yeah, it's, it's things, different. Right? Mm-hmm. 18 to 19 years old, different. Yeah. Well, so you get, the most important bill back in college was the rent bill. I want to be homeless in school. <laughs> so it is funny, though. Because I think that they should be teaching money classes uh, for fourth grade on. Even I agree. Sooner. Oh man! You know, your parents teach every now and then. I had a piggy bank back in the day, and it, it, you couldn't open it. You could put stuff in, but nothing could come out. It's the Hotel California <laughs> money. That's right. <laughs> and so I spent hours trying to figure out a way to through the coin hole that you put the money in, try to fish money out. Every now and then I get a quarter out and go buy some gum or something. But I mean, it was hard to get money out once you put it in. Shake it real hard. And the reason why it was hard, because I was the main enemy. It was protecting me from myself. There you go. True. And so once I got to college, my parents let me get a hammer out, and we busted that thing. It was one of those ceramic ones my grandmother gave me a long time ago. Huh. It was a dog crying. It had a little tear coming down. Aww. It was probably sad because I was busting it up. <laughs> but there was a lot of money in there over the years. And, you know, when you put uh, you put the dollars in, when you got a $5 bill or whatever, mm-hmm. you'd fold it up and, and try to get into the coin hole. So there was a lot of folded up bills in there, too. Mm-hmm. With nice bills, green ones, not the mm-hmm. bad bills. Mm-hmm. Not the bills we owe. <laughs> right. Sure, yeah, yeah, the good bills. So you never know what you're going to find. And so because I couldn't get it, because believe me, if I could have got a hold of that money before that, there wouldn't yeah. be anything left in there. So, <laughs> and, and this happens too for a lot of folks that are listening. Your biggest enemy is yourself. If you can get to your money real easy, what are you going to do, Morgan? Don't you're going to get to it. it. You don't spend <laughs> it. Yeah. Spend it. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be there when you need it. So I was kind of happy that it was there when I needed it. Dave, did you have a, one of those kind of piggy banks I'm talking about? I did, I did, I, but I broke it on my own. I didn't wait for permission. <laughs> well, I've got a book here. It's called Millionaire Teacher, The Nine Rules of Wealth You Should Have Learned in School. Now, maybe you did, but I grew up in Scotland County, North Carolina. We didn't really talk about money much then, you know, mm-hmm. because not many people had pensions in that county. It was a farming county, so mm-hmm. a lot of textile mills too. Textile and farming, there were no pensions. There were no real companies funding a pension for you. Whatever you saved was yours, and if you didn't save anything, you got to keep working through retirement. Right. And so we didn't teach, we didn't learn much about money because most people didn't have much money. So I parents guess, yeah. didn't talk about yeah. it. We didn't learn in school. <laughs> Rule number one, spend like you want to grow rich. Now, what does that mean to you, Dave? Spend like you want well, to see, grow rich. I'm, I, I'm thinking wrong, but I would think don't spend. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, be frugal. You've heard that term frugal. Yeah. So frugalness is very important. But what, what about you, Thomas? Spend like you... Yeah, you know, my, my grandfather has been very successful, and it's one of the early, early things he told me uh, was save 10% if you can, 15 if you, if you're able to. Uh, and if you do that, starting as early as you can, you'll be okay. Yeah, we have something called the Hippocratic Rule of Wealth. Now, the doctors have a rule like that. It's a rule of health, and it's to do no harm. Same thing in the financial world. Do no harm to yourself. And if you're spending money, 
when you shouldn't be spending it, you're doing harm to yourself. You're mm-hmm. violating that rule of wealth. Yeah. <laughs> that makes yeah, sense. That's yeah. true. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so we look at just ways to save. And, 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 and again, we're talking about saving right now, which is one of the rule number one. How, how do you manage money if you don't have any money saved? And we talk about this every week on our show is we love to help folks plan their retirement out and have, have the money allocated in the right way, have that growth protection income account set up, the total retirement plan. But we can't do it if there isn't any money saved. See how it all blends in? Mm-hmm. So you have to start with rule number one to get to rule number nine. Right. <laughs> Everything in between. Now, I'll tell you, one way you can almost guarantee yourself of not having the right savings plan or money put aside for retirement is to deal with a bad advisor. Mm-hmm. Thomas, do we have a broker's behaving badly this week? Oh, you're going to love this one. The Financial Safari News Network presents Brokers Behaving Badly. Thomas Brenner started in the financial business way back in 1986 and ended in 2016 when, according to BrokerCheck, he was banned by FINRA and ordered to pay $219,000 in disgorgement fines over allegations involving a private placement offering. So is that the end of Mr. Brenner's story? Hardly. In 2015, Brenner was president of a broker, dealer, and investment firm where he and a co-conspirator were in the business of getting clients to invest in United RL Capital Services, or URL. They financed medical laboratory developments. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office, investors took money from their IRAs. Brenner told them to expect 10% returns in three years. Oh yeah, that didn't happen. Instead, Brenner spent the cash on race car-related purchases and to pay taxes because you always want to stay right with the IRS with other people's money. Investors started asking questions. Some poultry payments were made in a Ponzi scheme style. Now, all this time, he never mentioned that he was banned by FINRA and simply forgot that he was being investigated by the regulatory agency and that his co-conspirator through it all was a relative. The U.S. Attorney's Office says charges include conspiracy to commit mail, wire, and securities fraud, mail fraud, and securities fraud, and engaging in a monetary transaction in property derived from criminal activities. It doesn't end there. According to FINRA in 2017, Brenner was barred from the industry again for refusing to appear for testimony related to the self-regulator's investigation into three different private placements sold to investors who were generally members of Brenner's hometown and community in Ohio. Many of them were seniors. He could face up to 25 years if convicted. His trial slated for later this year. Just one more reason to monitor broker check and make sure you are dealing with a true fiduciary. Now, there's a Steve Siddall does a great job, by the way, but but he mentioned a term there that you might not be familiar with. Do you, did it ring a bell to you, Thomas? Did you see what that was? What? No, what was that? Private placements. You ever heard of that before? Private oh. placements. No, I haven't. You know, unfortunately, private placements could be anything. I could sell you. I could build a doghouse in my backyard and sell you <laughs> private placements in my doghouse. But make it look like a puppy hotel or whatever like that. Uh, okay. You know, so you have to be very, very careful of what you're investing in because just because it's on fancy paper and has fancy brochures to back it up doesn't mean it's a legitimate place to put your money. And as we just saw, it's not. That's (laughs) great. So it seems like every single day, five or six of these kind of things come across my desk and I send them down to Steve and and he has to pick, he has a tough job, Morgan. He has to pick (laughs) one to do a story on each week. Which one's the worst? (laughs) (laughs) The worst of the worst. Yeah. And so it's just important that we, we make sure we're dealing with someone who is a fiduciary, someone who's putting our needs above theirs at all times and is dealing with regulated 
investment vehicles or savings products, not these pie in the sky. Too good to be true. Many of these are. They sound real good. Like I've heard private places before, 15% interest and and uh, for five years, and then you get your money back, but you never get your money back and you never get your interest. What's the old saying, Coach? If it sounds too good to be true, usually it is. It usually yeah. is, unless it really is backed up and, and you can get it verified. So trust but verify is what Ronald Reagan used to say, and I believe it too. Tom, it's very important, folks, to, that are listening, that they get their own plan. So as we go to the break, let's make sure that they know the offer's the offer exists, folks, where you can call right now, get your own total retirement plan, at least have your current situation analyzed by a team that has uh, that knows what, to look, knows what to look for as far as what you might not see. Exactly. Okay, so yeah. let's give that offer out. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to define wealth, by All the right. way. All right. Awesome, folks. Phone lines are open. That number, 800-661-7383, 800-661-7383. Or connect with Coach Pete and the team here by texting the word PLAN to 600-700. That's PLAN to 600-700. Termites, not the ones that eat your house, the ones that eat away at your nest egg. Hidden fees. A fee here, a fee there, a fee everywhere. They could end up costing you thousands. Exterminate the termites. Work with a financial professional who offers transparency. Call best-selling author Coach Pete DeRuda and the team at Capital Financial, 800-661-7383 or text PLAN to 600-700. That number again, 800-661-7383 or text PLAN to 600-700. Well, welcome back in, folks, to the Financial Safari. Coach Pete here. Got a packed studio with Morgan, Dave, and Thomas. Thomas is behind the glass in a different room, uh, but we can see him, can't we, guys? Absolutely. Make sure he's, uh, make sure he's still there. Thomas is still there? I uh, am. Yeah, very much am here. <laughs> like the Ross to Frazier. <laughs> right. wizard, wizard behind the curtain. Now, let's look at how to define wealth. Then we've got some great segments coming up. We have uh, success stories and also failure stories. And I, I think we're going to start with the failures this week and then we'll end the show on a success. But we're not going to, we'll probably do that here at the end of this segment. Sure. Just, just to give you a tease here. Very famous names on success and failures, or maybe not. Some of them, some of them people don't realize, especially with success stories, people have never heard of failures. Everyone hears about failures sure. these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, turn on the TV. You know, yeah, that's all you have to do. Yeah, like. Uh, what's the biggest failure of 2021 that you can think of? That's right out of my. Uh, I'm just pulling this out of the hat here. 2021, last year. What, what was the biggest failure? Biggest failure. It doesn't have to be money. It could be anything. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of wardrobe. <laughs> I'm, I'm running through the file. Wardrobe malfunctions? No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> not much, huh? Yeah. Well, there was a lot. Well, there's lot. so many. We can't failures. place it. Yeah, there That's were some it. big deaths last year. I mean, all sorts of stuff. But the, yeah. to put that in your put that in your hat, there, Dave. We'll I'm going to see if later. I can think of one. Now, how do we define wealth, Thomas? How would you define wealth? Define wealth. Uh, it's the money that you have over and above beyond what you need. Uh, I think is how I think of it in my head. Morgan, do you concur? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think of that movie. Uh, Catch me Catch if you can. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. What's his name? Leonardo's trying to act like he's a doctor. And Tom Hanks, one of the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just uh, on the plane the other day. You know, you have to start watching the same movies after a while if you travel as much as I do. Yeah, the movie Big was up there as the choice. Oh, nice! With Tom really? H- speaking of Tom Hanks, wow, good that's one. great, good movie. <laughs> it's a classic. The Zoltar machine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're trying to get a Zoltar machine at the airport where you can have a financial future print out for you. <laughs> That'd we'll see cool. if that works. That would be awesome. Now, defining wealth, it's important to make the distinction when we're talking about wealth between real wealth and a wealthy pretense, so that you don't get suckered into a lifestyle led by wealthy pretenders of the world 
Wealth itself is always relative. But for people to be considered wealthy, they should look at two criteria that are outlined. All right? One of, we'll go over the two, okay. and we'll talk about it. Okay. Number one is they should have enough money to never have to work again if that's their choice. So when you get to the point where you say the old Fred Flintstone yabba dabba do, mm-hmm. and you're down the dinosaur at 5 p.m., and you're here, this. <laughs> And you tell the boss you're never coming back. You can walk away. <laughs> Financial freedom. But you better make sure that money's in a safe place. You say, you know, you're, you're, you're invested in cryptocurrencies. You look at your value. It's way up there. You tell your boss <laughs> right. where you can go. You get, by the time you get home, it's way down there. And you, and you have to go back and bridge. you have to go back and beg to your boss to right. take the job back. So Dave, don't get any ideas. <laughs> so it, it's got to be your choice. Morgan, it, it, we all envision, I mean, when I, when I ask most everybody I ask, what year or what age you want to retire? What age do you think they give me? I mean, early on, probably mid sixties. Sixty-five. Yeah, because that's what we've been. That's what we've heard all our right. life, Thomas. You mm-hmm. too. I mean, even absolutely. You. Yeah, Dave, wait, sixty-five. Absolutely. But why? <laughs> I, I, Medicare, social, <laughs> social security. security. But why? Why do you want to retire at sixty-five? Do you do you want to, or is that what you've been I told? I don't have any hobbies. No, I mean, but once you retire and you leave your work family. Now you have to spend time with your regular family. Right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> a lot more time. I mean, think about it. You spend more time with your work family mm-hmm. than you do with your regular family. That's true. I mean, you really yeah. do. Yeah. And do. so it's an emotional separation. It and is. a lot of people saw this when we when when we, a lot of places closed down for COVID. You couldn't see your friends and your real buddies anymore. They mm-hmm. were locked in some other house. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Couldn't even go to the gym. A lot yeah. of time. Remember the gyms were closed. Terrible. Yeah. Couldn't go in. As a matter of fact, the price of free weights and weight machines. Double, triple, quadruple during that time because no one could get them. Right. Wow. You know, right. the That's dial incredible. weights, the, uh, the DP or whatever they're called, the, uh, the, where you have this two, two uh, dumbbells, mm-hmm. but you dial different uh, weights on it. Oh, like yeah. You, yeah. They used to be like 500 bucks. When, it, when in, in COVID, like when COVID was really pumping, nineteen hundred dollars if you could get them. Yeah, if you could get them, adjustable dumbbells. Adjustable that way, you, dumbbells. Need, you need one set, yeah. and you can adjust it all the way up yep. to fifty pounds a piece. Yep. Okay. And I actually went and looked for those, Coach, you and you cannot find them. <laughs> and uh, they were all being held hostage uh, on the internet. Yeah. If you wanted to buy them, you're going to spend <laughs> seven, eight hundred bucks. Or, wow. No, no more than that. It went Crazy. way up. It went sky. It went eighteen hundred because that's because I have a pair. Yeah, that's right. In, in my right. Yeah. townhouse, Dave. Mm-hmm. That's right. Dave's seen them. And then and obviously them, not I, using them. But I wanted, get, I wanted to get another Lord. pair. I wanted to get another pair for the office, and it was impossible to get. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. yeah because they were used ones for like crazy prices. And, and then it's unnamed, like no name versions, which you know what you get when you buy the yeah. generic a lot of yeah. times. Yeah. So, like we talked about here, we, we once we reach that point where we have enough money, we could buy those dumbbells no matter how expensive they were and still be retired, then we can stay retired. Mm-hmm. But the problem is we really haven't thought about that as a society is what kind of money do we need to have put aside to be able to never have to work again? And rule number two on how you define wealth is you should have investments, a pension or a trust fund that can provide you with twice the level of, of the country's median household income over a lifetime. Now, the median income in this country right now is about $60,000. Okay. So... Well, simple math, 60,000 times two is 120,000. Mm-hmm. So if you're earning double the median household in your home without having to work, that's a dream worth obtaining. So you're, you can retire. Yeah. Now, do we have that failure? Well, speaking of uh, failures, people who did not do this proper equation of defining wealth, Thomas, roll the tape. 
Welcome to Financial Failures. It's like a car wreck. You know you shouldn't look, but you can't help yourself. You lived in New York or Philadelphia in the 80s and 90s and were a baseball fan, you knew the name Lenny Dykstra, especially in the 1993 World Series. And he hits one deep to right. Forget about it. Way out of here. What a night for Lenny Dykstra, his second home run. When he retired, he was living the good life. He signed autographs, shook hands, played golf, and banked the profits from his car wash business. We had him on the payroll for $1 million a year, said Kevin Dykstra, Lenny's younger brother who managed a string of car washes for him in the L.A. area. Known as Nails during his flamboyant 12-year career with the Mets and the Phillies for playing with abandon, running into walls, and throwing out base runners. Boston tagging Dykstra, strong throw out of third base. A life once brimming with unbridled energy and flush with cash, had ground to a bankrupt halt. Dykstra's wife of 23 years, the mother of his three sons, divorced him. His mother and brother were estranged from him as well. During his 11-year career, Lenny Dykstra assumed a mass fortune of $58 million. However, for some people, money can't buy happiness, as Lenny's behavior after his 1998 retirement shows. The three-time All-Star player became addicted to drugs, and was imprisoned several times for charges of grand theft auto, drug possession, and indecent exposure. The, the perfect storm came. My partner for my magazine, AIG, they went bankrupt. See, I put myself in position for that to happen. If I wouldn't, you know, if I didn't want more, 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 it was all about, I was like, like money became my drug. It wasn't, and, and just wanting, never being satisfied. Getting one thing, throw it in with the rest, go on to the next thing. In 2009, he filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Dykster was reportedly in debt to the tune of $31 million. He was forced to sell all his possessions, his house was foreclosed on, his reputation was ruined, and he never recovered from his losses. Why did that happen? Because I was living too close to the edge. In short, Dykstra had a habit of making poor life choices. Don't let that happen to you. Get on the right path to financial freedom and be listening for more sad failure stories. He's a uh, nutcase. I remember seeing him on. I remember seeing him on TV. Yeah, yeah. I remember he was on the financial channels because I, I think you know he, he he was a pretty big knowledge base where that's who they would always call because he had a name because he mm-hmm. played baseball for the Phillies and the Mets. And maybe some other teams. Morgan, you were the... You were no, those guy. are the two big ones. Yeah. And so he was a well-named or well-known person to have on your financial shows like CNBC. Because uh-huh. he was on there a lot. <laughs> and he just happened to be around New York because Philadelphia and New York are all of them right, right around New York City. And he was on a lot. You know what he ended up on, though? What show? Stern. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well... He said things on there I can't repeat. Here. Well, he also ended up on American Greek. Wow. Wow. Not where you want to end up. Uh, Now, here's where you need to end up. Thomas, let's give some websites out. Let's do it. So the first one that I want us to look at is PeteOnDemand.com. Really proud of this site. This is something that uh, Coach Pete and the team here uh, pride themselves on putting a focus on education as you head into retirement. And Pete On Demand is the site you can go to to have access to a plethora of financial resources, including videos, booklets, audio books. Some of Coach, some of your best-selling books are on there. You have available for download. We got Um, the audio book and the the regular books, and it's good. Yeah, Yeah. you could buy them on Amazon. Which I like because I get checks from Amazon. <laughs> sure. But we have them free right there at PeteOnDemand.com. So the little 
kazoo like Fred Flintstone had the good the evil kazoo floating around and the, and the nice kazoo the, the evil kazoo wants wants me to tell you to go to Amazon buy the book <laughs> the friendly kazoo says go to PeteOnDemand.com and get it free that's know? right and so that's a nice little place to go <laughs> <laughs> it is now there's one more place I want to tell you about as well you're obviously listening to us right here on the Financial Safari go over and check out FinancialSafari.com great website you can hear past episodes you can see our TV show if you haven't seen it over there uh, but more important than anything we want to be able to engage and interact with you, hear what your guys' thoughts are, what questions you may have uh, that we could feature here on the show. And there's a big old red button right there at the top of the page on financialsafari.com where you can ask a question to Coach Pete. You can actually record your voice right there on your smartphone or computer, get it over to us, and be featured right here on the show. We also have retirementgreenprint.com where you can design your own retirement plan. And if you want to get your very own total retirement plan done by the team, the next 10 of you call right now, you'll get it done at no cost or obligation. Absolutely. And that number, 800-661-7383, 800-661-7383. Or you can text Coach Pete and the team by texting the word PLAN to 600-700. PLAN to 600-700. Coach planning is what it's all about. And we'll talk about more of that when we come back right here on the Financial Safari. Welcome to the jungle. Are you ready for the financial safari that is retirement? Coach Pete DeRuta and his team at Capital Financial can guide you over the mountains and through the woods of retirement. Check out FinancialSafari.com for the latest shows and A-list guest interviews. If you have a question for Coach Pete and the team at Capital Financial, go to FinancialSafari.com. Click on the Ask a Question button and your question along with your voice may be used in an upcoming episode of Financial Safari. Financial Safari is available on iHeartRadio, Amazon Alexa, Google Home, and Apple HomePod. Are you ready for retirement? Check out FinancialSafari.com. Welcome back into the Financial Safari. Consumer advocate Thomas Lipscomb here with you alongside Dave and Morgan. They're trying to keep me out of trouble over here. Also in studio is the man of knowledge himself. You hear him laughing there. That's best-selling author, Coach Pete Derrida. I'm enjoying this conversation. We are, are talking about things you may not have learned in school. Yeah. Well, one thing I learned in school is how to eat a candy bar, and I know people enjoy <laughs> our candy bar of the month. Oh, yeah. Oh, now, always. I, I found it. And I scour the internet. I really do. I scour all over the place. And we appreciate that, Coach. We really do. Candy bars, of course, we have the (laughs) usual ones, the ones I love, like Nestle's Crunch, M&M's, we've seen those, Mm -hmm. uh, Milky Way, Snickers, all the uh, Chunky, all the ones that we've grown up with. Oh, I yeah. used to I used to read a lot of books back in the day before we had internet. You know, when you grew up, Morgan, like oh, yeah. the same, sure. we're all the same, Thomas. I don't even know if you, you, you internet wasn't really there when you first started uh, your little it, it diaper was, It days, was just it. beginning. It was just beginning. <laughs> well, I used to read real books and, and what I would do, I, I read the whole Hardy Boys series two or three times. Yes. By the time I got done with the series, it was like 60 books. I could go back and start again because yeah. I, I forgot what Biff and Frank and <laughs> what Joe were doing. Frank and Joe, come on, Joe. <laughs> but I would sit in bed and I get, Dad would yell at me all the time for this, but I'd sit in bed and eat candy and watch and, and read my books and uh-huh. I gained some weight that summer. <laughs> but <laughs> I loved it. Happen. It was fun to read. It's fun to yeah. eat candy. But I found a new candy bar. We're going to be featuring this in a couple months, probably about four or five months, called the Bun Maple. You guys ever heard of the Bun no. Maple? No. I haven't no. heard of that one, no. It looks Bun like something Maple? you'd find at Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Is that <laughs> from does. Vermont? Yeah, well, it looks like it. It's it's real milk chocolate, roasted peanuts. Mm. It's not just peanuts. It has to be roasted, roasted. peanuts and maple nougat. Oh, oh that sounds nougat, good. But maple nougat. Yeah. So I'm inter- I've never tried it before. So, uh, sounds good. Of course, I always have to do quality control when the box comes <laughs> out. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Samples. <laughs> 
There's a there's a term I want to see if anyone knows. You guys might know what it means. If, if you Latin, I guess they break it breaks down words, and you can know what something means by looking at the Latin behind it. Mm-hmm. I don't, but that's what some people with doctors. <laughs> do. If you're a doctor, you do. So you have to take Latin and all yeah. that stuff. Deca millionaire. Okay. Deca, Deca millionaire. Deca. Any guesses? Any guesses here from the peanut gallery? Someone who millions and the t- uh, ten million or more. I got a good buzzer here somewhere, Thomas. I was looking for it. Brainy, I got it. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brain. <laughs> Let me just start. In 2006, Warren Buffett, one of the three richest men in the world, bought the most expensive car he had ever owned. Guess how much he paid? Uh, 35000 Well, that's a pretty good guess, Morgan. What about you, Dave? I would have guessed lower because he lives modestly. Really? Good, Thomas. Yeah. I, I would have thought uh, high end, but not super high end. So let, let's say like 50 to 70, 40, 40 to 70. Yeah. Thomas is on fire today, isn't he? Oh, yes. (laughs) Somebody was looking at show notes. (laughs) I want to tell you something. In 2005, I bought the same car. Mm. He bought it in 2006. I was looking for an excuse, which is not the right reason to buy a car. Uh My wife became pregnant, and I said, we need a bigger car. For our new daughter who's coming, uh, and we need to be safe with her, so we need to we need a Cadillac. So yeah. I got the Cadillac SRX. Ah, okay, yes. And Mr. Buffett bought the Cadillac SRX for fifty five thousand dollars in two thousand six. It was the one that looked like the hearse, the oh, station yeah, wagon. Yeah, that was, yeah. I thought it was cool. It was really fast. Yeah. But then I bought a Ford Flex, and it was better. I thought <laughs> down the road, more comfortable and everything. But the Cadillac was comfortable yeah. for a while. But all right, so. Warren Buffett, one of the three most richest people in the world. What is he doing buying the same car Coach Pete has? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the average decamillionaire, a person with a net worth of more than $10 million, there you go, Thomas, paid only 41997 for his or her latest car. Mm. So if you find yourself at an upscale mall, check out the parking lot. You'll see many vehicles worth a lot more than 41997 Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, isn't it true? <laughs> many it of is. you, or many, will be worth more than Warren Buffett's car, but how many of the car owners do you think have $10 million or more net worth? <laughs> Probably none. Yeah. And yeah. so the yeah. problem is, and this is one of the rules of wealth, is if we spend too much money on items to make us keep up with, you heard the phrase, keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, yeah. And I used to have Joneses next door to me. They moved, so they're not Joneses <laughs> anymore, but I... Uh, they, they couldn't keep up with me, <laughs> if they're listening. <laughs> but it is funny, isn't it? We, we do try to – there was a commercial where the guy was saying all the stuff he had, and then he said, and I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Is that a fun way to live? No. 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 So it was fun when you're buying, and then there's this term called buyer's remorse, which I could argue it's not just the fact that you wish you didn't buy it the day after. You always wish you didn't buy something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Buyer's remorse. Yeah. And then you, you say you try to bring it back and say, oh, no, it's too late to bring it back. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> unless you buy it, unless they come to your house and sell it to you there, which I think you have a three-day rescission period, you're pretty much trapped what you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you buy it, if you if you actually get in your car and go somewhere and buy something, you're pretty much trapped with it. Now there imagine. is some, there is yeah. some loopholes and stuff, uh-huh. but 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 that's way off tangent. So what am I what am I talking about? So the main thing is we don't want to be buying something we can't afford. Right. And so how do you really know yeah. what you can afford? Yeah, 
budget. Well, the guy at the car lot said I could afford a whole lot if I spread yeah. the payments out of 15 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like, I like, yeah. I like Thomas's buzzword there, budget, spending budget. plan, know yeah. what you can do. It's, yeah. a, it's not a fun word, but no I mean, I, I've spent enough time in the studio with you here, Coach, to, to understand that life is a lot more than that. I mean, we need to live in the moment, and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, put that under, but we have to think 10, 20, 30 years out. If we're not, what are we doing? Same thing with houses, by the way. We can overpay or, or buy too much house. And we yeah, your house it. poor. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. what, what fun is that? And another thing people overlook, and I, I touched on this very briefly last week, but I couldn't get around to it. I was, I was trying to, Gary was talking, and, and then we ran out of time because I said, I'll come back to that. Mm, yeah. But all right, so let's say, well, coach, I, I paid a lot more than I should for this car, or I paid a lot more I should, than I should for the house, or, or both the car and the house. Yeah. But it's okay, they're paid off now. I own it. Do you really ever own anything these days? No. What happens if you don't pay your tax bill one year? Oh, they can get it. They get What do you mean they can? They will. They will. <laughs> they will. <laughs> they can. <laughs> they know can when it comes they to the will. government. They will. It's a certainty. So, like, I see this a lot when people say, yeah, the house is paid off. We can enter retirement. I say, well, what's yeah. your tax bill every year? Because if you live in a county where they're building new schools and there's population growth, guess what's happened to your tax bill? It's oh, going yeah. up. Yep. Anytime they pass a bond which a bond is a future. If you vote yes on a bond, you're voting yes for a future tax increase. Mm-hmm. They, they do mm-hmm. a great job of marketing where that doesn't sound <laughs> like it. So anytime you vote yes or see the, a bond wins, a bond referendum for new parks or schools or mm-hmm. whatever for the children, they say, Cha-ching. it's for your tax bill because it's going to be more taxes every right. single year. So be very careful because we've seen in Wake County, North Carolina, where I live, we've seen a pretty big increase in, in, in city and county taxes over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. To the point where they say, oh, don't worry, it's only a couple pennies more per hundred that this adds year. Up. And then a couple pennies more per hundred next year. And then, then all of a sudden, you can't afford to live here anymore. Mm-hmm. You watch Yellowstone? Anybody watch Yellowstone? Oh, yeah. Well, Yellowstone, they're uh, worried about the Yellowstone's that show where they're out there in Wyoming. And, yeah. and, uh, and they're on a ranch. But, but if they start building fancy neighborhoods and houses around there, the tax bills are going to go up. And they're not going to be able to afford all the land anymore. Uh, so, right. again, there you go, Mark, Morgan. We're talking about being land poor. Because you have too much land, you can't pay the taxes on it. So be very careful on mm-hmm. that. One of the things I hate, and I hear this a lot, when people go to a car lot, of course, what when you go to a car lot, what's the car lot trying to do? Are they trying to put Finance. you in the right car for yourself and or, or tell you you can't afford something? Oh, we can spread those payments <laughs> out, Coach. We can spread them out. <laughs> I've seen them like eight or nine years, they try to spread it out. Shoo. Are you still going to have that? that now, I, I, I agree. When you're at a car lot, gosh, you get you get overtaken by the smell. The it's new car exciting. Smell. Yeah. yeah. You mean I could have that? A stereo that's going to blast like 15 speakers? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, it's all a thing. Oh, yeah. So... And they say, don't worry, we'll just, uh, your payments will only go up like you're, you're already paying on the current car, but you want to trade it in. Your payments yeah. are only going to go up a couple hundred dollars for, for another eight years. Mm. Right. <laughs> but they only, they put your eyes on the month. But you're still going to have that car eight years from now. See, a lot yeah. of people, they, I think you should never have a car loan more than four years. Mm. Now, some yeah. people say three. Other people say if you can't afford to pay cash for the car, you, sh- you can't afford the car. But I'm lenient. Mm. Four years. Four year so loan. So four year loan. These days, it makes it easier, Morgan, because we have lower interest rates. It's true. Mm-hmm. And so lower interest rates make it easier. But what if, and we're not going to stay in this low interest rate environment mm-hmm. forever, what if the interest rates go up and now you're, you're locking in a eight-year mm-hmm. high-interest loan on a car, you can never get rid of that loan. You always say, oh, so I have to sell the car, coach. Well, yeah, the car is going to be worth about 30 to 40% less than what you bought it yeah. for the minute you pull it off the lot. Yep. That sound you hear when you go from the car lot to the road, that, that crashing, glass-breaking sound, that's your your value of the car. Is when they, your money just went, you're underwater, they call it. So yeah. be very careful on that. 
So I've seen more people get into more trouble and delay the building of their wealth process, delaying the year they'll be able to retire because they're buying too many cars or they're buying things the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of you listening maybe have $10 million or more, but many of you would love to have $10 million or more. So it's about having the proper allocation, proper wealth diversification, proper wealth building strategies, and a proper fiduciary team to help you on that path. The next 10 of you call right now will design a total retirement plan that incorporates with a total financial plan to make sure to get you on that right path. We're not going to promise you're going to be a decamillionaire, but we will promise you'll be totally educated on how to approach financial planning and retirement planning on your terms. No doubt. That number, 800-661-7383, 800-661-7383, or just text that keyword plan to 600-700, plan to 600-700. Yeah, and I'll also, Thomas, we're going to give a copy of my book, The Seven Baby Steps, to folks when they come in. Oh, fantastic. I love that resource. So folks, go ahead, call in, meet with Coach Peter, remember the team, and get a copy of his best-selling book, 800-661-7383, 800-661-7383, or just text that keyword plan to 607. When we come back, we're going to talk about the greatest ally. You want your piece of the financial pie? Tune in to Financial Pizza each and every week. Where do you go? Financialpizza.com. You will hear from Coach Pete Deruta as well as advisors from across the country. Great takes on the latest hot-button issues when it comes to retirement. Financialpizza.com. Every week, new, fresh, hot information on everything retirement financialpizza.com. So good, you want to take a bite. Financialpizza.com. Welcome back into the Financial Safari. Consumer advocate Thomas Lipscomb here with you alongside Dave Perkins and Morgan Patrick. Also in studio with us is best-selling author, Coach Peter Ruta. We're having a good conversation in here trying to garner a thing or two from Coach's mind. You've been doing this for a long time coach now decades and and there's a lot in there in there <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know what's up there anymore thomas <laughs> my wife and daughter hate it because i just start talking sometimes at home and they oh god here he goes <laughs> they actually i have a man cave in my house it's downstairs but when my when i had my daughter i knew that the days of the man cave were limited now my daughter's 16 so my wife and daughter escaped down there when i'm in the 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 first four. Okay. Oh, sure. They get it. When dad starts talking, they start leaving. <laughs> yes, money's important. We understand. <laughs> well, I'll get books all the time, and I'll have them stacked up in the in the TV room, and I'll start trying to read them, and then I'll start then I'll I'll disagree or agree with the topic here, and I'll start talking during a show that they're watching, and then that's when they leave. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's just one of the things you had to put up with. with me. I love so it. the. The number one thing, we, we again, we're talking about a book called The Millionaire Teacher, The Nine Rules of Wealth You Should Have Learned in School. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, they didn't it's teach not that. our fault for not, yeah. for not learning. No. We were never taught. And That's so right. the, the school of hard knocks is what people usually learn from. Mm-hmm. Morgan, you ever learned from that school? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rule number two. Rule number one was uh, spend like you want to grow rich. Mm-hmm. In other words... Don't spend money you shouldn't be spending and don't fall for like trying to keep up with all the neighbors and the friends mm-hmm. or relatives mm-hmm. like the rich uncle that everybody tries to keep up with. And rich uncle really isn't that rich. That's mm-hmm. true. He just right. he just shows up with the gold chains and the fancy watches and, uh, and then <laughs> he goes a lot of money. Back to his yeah. Talks a good game. Tent. Got a tent somewhere. <laughs> or, or it's like the dude that pulls up on Christmas vacation and empties those uh, thing out. <laughs> all right. Rule number two. 
Use the greatest investment ally you have. Hmm. Now, what is that? What's the greatest investment ally that we have? And we all have the same one available to us. I cheated. I know what it is. <laughs> well, I, I, I think Einstein's favorite. That's though, right? right. He's called it one of the eighth wonders of the world. It's called compound interest. It's the most powerful financial concept, by the way, compound interest. Mm-hmm. And so guess where most people run into the compound interest? Like with credit cards? Yes. Like and it's yeah. going the wrong way. Right? Yeah, I was about to say yeah, the wrong way. I call it the Jim Marshall accounts. <laughs> now, Jim Marshall was a, a defensive end for the, I think it's defense defensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Got caught up in the game. I don't think it was a Super Bowl. It was just a regular, it was, it was a big game, though, because everybody seems to remember it. But he scooped a fumble up, and he was so happy, he started running to the oh, end zone. No. And he got to the end zone. He was doing his little dance, spiked the ball. <laughs> And then he realized he went the wrong way. Oh, yeah. It was a man. safety thing wasn't working. Nah. Jim Marshall. <laughs> so the Jim Marshall account in the financial world is when we should be having interest work for us in right. our bank accounts, our annuities, or wherever we have the money, dividends, whatever. Instead, we're borrowing money we shouldn't be borrowing, and now the, we're paying interest we are getting killed by because that's compounding yeah. our debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and most everybody listening, me included, mm-hmm has had that bad equation work against them in their life. Einstein said, he who understands it earns it, he who doesn't pays it. (laughs) And he ain't never lied. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, So what do we do? Well, we don't, again, this goes right back to what we've been talking about. We don't borrow money we can't afford to really borrow. And, and again, the only person, you say, oh, it's just some interest. We'll get it paid off in five or six years. And you look at your credit card statement. Now, at least they do the truth in lending now where the, where the credit card statement says, if you continue to pay this minimum payment, you'll be paying it for X number of years. What does it say, like 92 years? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So whenever I, and I've used credit cards still. And I matter of fact, Wall Street Journal back in 2011, you can mm-hmm. Google it too. Google it for you know what Google you can search engine mm-hmm. maybe not use Google but whatever <laughs> Wall Street Journal called me the credit card king back in the day more than 10 years ago because I had a lot of credit cards but oh. I was using them the right way I was using them for miles and I was paying them off at the end of each month yeah and as long as you charge a couple things on a bunch of different credit cards and pay them all off and don't get that balance real high your credit score is going to go way up right mm-hmm. now uh, earlier in the show we featured a, a Failure, a financial failure. Lenny Dykstra, who did a, it was thirty some, thirty five million dollars in debt now and Crazy. in prison, I think too. Like got in trouble. I don't want to end on a bad note, so let's do a success story, Thomas, if you have one available. Welcome to Financial Success Stories and how they went from rags to riches. Ever wonder how the UFC got so big? Well, this is the story of the wonder boy behind it all. His name is Dana White. He was born in Connecticut and started boxing at the age of 17. A few years later, he launched his career as a boxing coach. Pretty good decision because now Dana White is worth over $500 million. From the time I was a young age, I knew I wanted to be in the fight business and people thought it was crazy. Dana White and his partner, Peter Welsh, started working with high-risk youth to channel their negative energy into positive action through boxing. Program wasn't paying the bills, so they started providing personal training services. White and Welsh were making money, and that got the attention of the Irish mob, Whitey Bolger and his Winter Hill Gang. They controlled the local Boston scene and wanted their cut. The bill, $2,500. When he realized these guys meant business, he took off. That was it, man. They wanted some money. So I literally, that day, 
I, I bought a plane ticket and came back to Vegas. When White got to Vegas, he quickly found his niche, managing the mixed martial artists that were fighting in the then-fledgling UFC. The UFC was struggling financially, and in 2001, bankruptcy was a real threat. While Dana White had friends in high places, one of those was Lorenzo Fertitta. Fertitta and his family operated lucrative Las Vegas casinos, and White knew that they had the cash to buy the UFC if they only saw its potential. However, there was some rough road ahead. The UFC was bleeding cash. But the burn of almost 40 million was not fun and it was painful. With several years of really hard work and signing some great fighters like Colin McGregor and Ronda Rousey, it finally paid off. The UFC was a huge success. The Fertitta brothers eventually did sell the UFC brand. It sold for over four billion in 2016 Along the way, Dana White had created a personal fortune. He transformed the UFC from an unwanted, unloved, debt-ridden company into a multi-billion dollar juggernaut. You have to try. Nobody's ever gonna do anything without trying. Just go for it. Believe me, I'm living proof that it can happen. You can have your own financial success story. Get on the right path to financial freedom and keep listening for more success stories. I met Dana last year. Very nice guy. Are you? You wouldn't. You would never guess. He has five hundred billion because he acts like just a friendly guy. Uh -huh. you know, oh, like wow. Some of the some of the millionaires you were. Yeah. He's and Dave. We learned a new term. He's a, he's more than a deck of millionaire. That's right. He's a five deck of millionaire. No, wait a minute. He's got one of those little subscript numbers ahead. Though. Like, and he's here. smart too. When the mob when the mob wants money from you, <laughs> that first payment you leave. I think yeah. it's funny yeah. though. He left the Boston mob to come out to the Vegas mob. Yeah. The Vegas has a big mob museum out oh. there too. So. Yeah. And Incredible. Here's another name that goes along with UFC or, or is in the same sentence with UFC, a guy named Joe Rogan. Never heard that oh, name before? Oh, I listen all the time to his podcast. Name in the news a lot. I, that's how I've, I've heard Dana on Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, he's been on there before. Yeah. So. He's on Spotify, too. So, <laughs> we're going to try to feature a, a, a failure and success story every single show from now on because there's so many of them out there and, and names that aren't household names many times. They're great. Mm -hmm. Thomas, uh, that was a great job. Make sure you tell Gary he did a good job. I absolutely will. I, it just it makes me wish that when I was in high school, some local bully beat me up for 50 cents and shoved me into a store <laughs> where they were going to pay me $10,000 an hour. $10,000 an hour, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, to be making what he's making, you might have, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, really good. That's because because UFC was almost bankrupt when he took it over. So mm -hmm. he's, he's, he, and now it's a complex out there oh, in Vegas, yeah. one building after another. It's crazy out there. Yeah. Let me do this, folks. I mean, it's we've talked about some success stories. We've talked about ways to get where you need to be. But let's make it easy for you. If you are one of the next 15 people who call as we leave for the week, we'll do for you your very own strategic development process that incorporates into a total retirement plan. We've seen others charge over $1,000 for this. This is no cost or obligation. We review your tax returns, uh, looking for long-term tax issues like IRAs, capital gains, and even Social Security taxes. We even help you file your Social Security the right way or give you the right printout to show you the the, the maximum Social Security you can you can be entitled to. We'll also help you establish your retirement income goal. That's money needed needed to cover the costs of enjoying your lifestyle all the way through retirement. We'll also analyze your current investments. The most important part to establish the real cost and fees. We call them financial termites and the calculated risk exposure level based on the risk you're taking right now. What would happen if the market didn't do what we expected to do? 
We're also going to put together for you your very own total income plan, your growth protection income plan inside this. So like we said, we've seen others charge over $1,000 for this. This will be no cost or obligation, and our strategies work best for those of you with over a million dollars saved for retirement. But as long as you have at least $200,000 dedicated to retirement, this offer is for you. Thomas, tell them how they can do that. All you have to do is call 800-661-7383, 800-661-7383, or you can text keyword PLAN to 600-700, PLAN to 600-700. Remember, this is for us to perform a complimentary financial review of your portfolio just to see if you might need a more comprehensive plan. This review, as Coach said, it begins with us listening. We want to know about your main concerns and worries in regard to your financial planning and whether that's outlet your money, deciding what your social security strategy should be, or recognizing the amount and fees you're paying, trying to be more tax efficient. There are so many things that Coach and the team put together. So go ahead and call on in. Take advantage of this opportunity. 800-661-7383. 800-661-7383. Or text PLAN to 600-700. PLAN to 600-700. Well, for Morgan Patrick, for Dave Perkins, and Thomas Lipscomb, it's Coach Pete. We'll see you next week right here on the Financial Safari. Radio. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken. Money management is provided by Equus Capital Management. Equus is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in San Rafael, California. Investment advice by Capital Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a North Carolina-registered investment advisor. Insurance advice given by Capital Financial and Insurance, a North Carolina-licensed insurance agency. Coach Pete.